welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His Word to what's happening here and now. You may have seen the new Netflix show, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, or maybe you've read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Marie Kondo is in the spotlight now again. Uh, She's a number one New York Times bestseller. Her book was published back in 2014, and she was recently named one of Time's top 100 most influential people. Her book's been translated into multiple languages and published in over 30 countries. Her Netflix show debuting in January on the coattails of New Year's resolutions has really brought her into the spotlight and everybody, she's showing up everywhere in, on news shows, in social media feeds. And so I decided to give the show a watch with my daughters. I've noticed that condo is now a verb. I'm getting texts from my friends saying, hey, I condoed my kitchen, or they're sending me before and after photos of their closets. I condoed my wardrobe. Um, and my friends who go to thrift stores say there's a condo effect. Even the shelves at Goodwill are overflowing from people who've gone through the KonMari method. So I ask, what are we drawn to? What is it about the KonMari method that we are attracted to? I think that in our consumer culture of abundance, removing some excess feels good. Her methods bring some order to our madness. We've just got too much, too much going on, too much chaos, and her method brings order. Not only that, but her approach brings some calm and some kindness. She doesn't approach tidying up with shame or guilt, making us feel bad for what we've hoarded or what we've over-consumed or over-purchased. She comes in and says, what sparks joy? What makes you happy? Keep those things. And I've noticed on the show that her clients are putting a ton of hope in her. We're talking about families and couples whose marriages are really suffering. They're working too hard. They're away from home all day, and then they come home to these messy places. There's toys everywhere. There's dishes in the sink, and they're fighting with one another. Their children are receiving their leftovers. They're impatient. Their home is overstressed, and so they're looking for peace and calm and a stress-free home through the Marie Kondo method. They're really counting on her for deliverance in so many ways. As humans are wont to do, they are looking for salvation in this method. So what does she actually do. What does Marie Kondo do when she comes in to help her clients? Well, she enters the home, she gets to know them a little bit, she takes a look around, and then she pauses and asks everybody to kneel on the floor near the door of the home and to pray to the home. To pray to the home, to thank it for giving protection and shelter, but also to ask the home to help the people create peace and uh, get rid of some things and create calm in their home. And then she gets the clients to bring things out and pile them up, and to go through them one category at a time. And as they approach things that they haven't used in a while, she says, you've got to tap them to waken them up. And then you've got to hold them and pay attention to the literal physical reaction that your body has to the item that you're holding. And if it's a good feeling, if it sparks joy, then you should keep it. If it doesn't, then you need to thank the item and carefully and intentionally discard it in a meaningful way. If you're going to keep the clothes that you've held that have sparked joy, then as you fold them, she says you've got to pet them to convey positive energy to them and to thank them. So her method is definitely positive. The goal is to have a home where everything in it brings you joy. Now, as my daughters and I were watching the show, they kept looking at me out of the corner of their eye and saying, mom, what is going on? Like, what is she doing? This is kind of 
strange. What's really happening here? And I think that's a great question. There is a call for discernment here. So with my girls, I'm saying what's going on? Because as Christians, we are not allowed to just blindly absorb practices and methods without questioning where they came from. We are called to love the Lord our God with all of our minds. Romans chapter 12 says, don't be conformed, renew your mind. First uh, Thessalonians chapter five says, test everything. And maybe most appropriately, Colossians chapter two, verse eight says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. So let's not just thoughtlessly jump on the bandwagon here. Let's uncover what's behind her behavior. Let's test it. Let's not be taken captive by it. With a little research, I learned very quickly that Marie Kondo comes from a Shinto background. She practices Shintoism. In fact, she was a Shinto shrine priestess for five years as a teenager. She would go to her shrine, her local shrine regularly, and worship her local deity. She would clean the shrine grounds and look after the shrine. She would also sell charms and amulets to those who were visiting the shrine for worship. So her behavior and her etiquette on her tidying up show and in her method sort of mirrors that of her behavior and etiquette at the shrine. She approaches the home dressed formally in a blazer and with a skirt. She enters peacefully and with reverence as if it's a kind of worship context. And then from her faith in Shintoism, she believes she holds to the belief that everything has a kami. Everything has a spirit. So that's why we're tapping things to wake them up. She says her words, we can stimulate our belongings by physically moving them, exposing them to fresh air and making them conscious. Her goal, again, her words is to make your home into a sacred space, a power spot filled with pure energy. So she believes that this tidying up and in her words is a celebration, a special send off for those things that will be departing from the house. So this is animism at work. This is the belief that objects have souls or spirits. Shintoism is animism. In our culture, there is indeed a spiritual void, whether it's through scientism or modernism or postmodernism. Um, religion has really left the public square. It's been relegated to, the, to people who are superstitious or weird or not smart. But that void will not remain empty. We will fill it with something. And as Christians, we've got to question what it is that's filling the void. God calls us to be holy, to set apart, to not, a walk, not walk according to the traditions of this world. And if we totally buy into her method and into her approach, we're buying into animism, which the scriptures say is an abomination before the Lord. So backing up just a little bit, Marie Kondo wants you to have joy and me to have joy. She's on a mission to spark joy around the globe. And that is a good thing. That's the itch that she's scratching. We are a people who are overwhelmed and overburdened. We've got too much stuff. We are too busy. There's too much chaos in our lives. We want peace. We want contentment. We want to have a lightheartedness. We long for joy. But in Marie Kondo's worldview, it's your stuff that will be the source of your joy. You'll have less stuff and it might be more ordered, but your stuff has a kami, your stuff has a spirit, and it's that that brings the joy. Your stuff is the deliverer and the bearer of joy in your life. As Christians, we know that joy is a worthy goal. In fact, many Christian traditions, and for example, the Westminster Catechism says that our purpose in life, the reason we live is to bring God glory by enjoying Him. 
You and I enjoy God as we walk with him, we receive joy from our relationship with him, and then we give him glory. Joy is a worthy pursuit, but joy in the Christian worldview is found in relationship with our God. It's in communion with our creator, not from the things that are created. Now, created things are good. They are good gifts that come from above, whether it's your coffee or your coffee table or the mountains or skiing down the mountain. These are good created gifts and they are meant to be enjoyed, but they are meant to stir our hearts towards their creator, towards our creator. These created things are meant to be a bridge to God, but not God themselves. Romans chapter one speaks to this. It says, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And it says, we exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. This is who what Paul is talking about in Romans 1, and I think it applies here. It's a reminder, it's a call to worship and serve our creator, not the creature, not the created thing. Joy is found in God's presence. It's in him where we find life, not in our stuff. Let's be aware of the worldview that's behind this magic of tidying up and be aware of how it is in contradiction to the Christian worldview. Now, the life-changing magic of tidying up Marie Kondo's methods reminds me of a trend I see here in the wealthy West, a trend where we uncritically embrace religious ideas from the East. Again, we are overstressed, overscheduled, we we are overstuffed, and we look to methods from the East and we think they are going to heal us or they're going to center us or help us breathe and de-stress and unwind. And we say, well, sure, maybe they have roots in Hinduism or Buddhism, but um, and maybe they were even created for the purpose of worshiping false gods, but they seem so benign. They seem so helpful. The people seem so peaceful. And so we blindly follow the culture and really savvy, savvy marketing trends, and we embrace practices that are rooted in another religion. I'm talking here about things like yoga and transcendental meditation, mindfulness and mandalas, methods and practices from the East that we in the West absorb without thinking. Now, yoga is rooted in Hinduism. To the Hindu, yoga is the outward physical expression of a deep inward spiritual belief. Yoga poses are actually for the purpose of worshiping different Hindu gods. The the breathing, the chanting, it's all for enlightenment to become more aware of your inner divinity. You cannot really separate yoga from Hinduism, at least its roots. Transcendental meditation and mindfulness also has its roots in Buddhism and Hinduism. And the goal there is to empty your mind. But the Bible calls us to love the Lord our God with our minds, not to empty our minds. And mandalas are also, again, rooted in Hinduism and Buddhism. And they're sort of the symbolic map of the universe and its deities for the purpose of prayer and worship. So these are all things that are from the West are from Hinduism, from Buddhism, from Shintoism. And we have a habit here. They're all from the East. And we have a habit here in the West of sort of commandeering these religious practices from the East, absorbing them without thinking um, and, and putting them to use in our own in our own context. And my goal in this is to consider all things in light of scripture, all things in light of Christ. Because uh, uh, the reality is worldview shapes our hearts. And I can hear some of you 
from across the airwaves, rolling your eyes and going, Jen, it's just stretching. Jen, it's just tidying up. I know that because I have these conversations in my own life and that's what you say to me. And I'm telling you tomorrow when you show up at Bible study in your yoga pants and you're headed out to yoga, I'm not going to judge you. You've got to decide these things for yourself. What I'm, what I want to do here is convince you and remind me that we're all cultivating our hearts. Everything we read, everything we do, everything we watch, everything we practice is discipling us. We are shaping ourselves. We are what we love. So are we loving that which is worthy of our love? Or are we behaving like those in Romans chapter one, knowing God, but not worshiping God, worshiping creation instead of our creator? What does honor the Lord? What kind of honor does he deserve? And how are we training our hearts? How are we shaping our hearts towards him? There is a spiritual dynamic at play, even if the practitioner doesn't have an agenda. So Marie Kondo might not have an agenda. Your yoga teacher might not have an agenda, but there is a spiritual realm and there are spiritual dynamics at play. And these things are discipling you and me. They are shaping us. So I'm not telling you everything is bad, but I am saying everything influences you and it influences me. Not only that, but discernment is a good practice. It's good for our hearts and our minds to practice discernment. Let's not avoid it. When it comes to tidying up, when it comes to stretching, when it comes to everything we do, let's practice discernment. That's it for today. Thanks for listening in to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now. Do me a favor and leave a review and rating at iTunes and recommend this show to your friends. Thanks, and we'll chat next week.